Well, good morning, Neely's Creek, and welcome to Sunday School once again. We are going to be looking into our uh, Sunday School curriculum for October 18th, and we're going to be looking at Lesson 7, The Wilderness. Um, it's a very lengthy and very interesting uh, passage, but it's also very, very applicable. Um, not that the rest of Scripture is not applicable, but uh, these things which we find here, um, by the circumstances in which Israel found uh, themselves in, in the desert and in the wilderness, it revealed their hearts. And when we go through difficult circumstances, when we uh, do not see the way forward, when we uh, do not find what we thought we were looking for or what was right in front of us, um, it shows where our faith is and where our hearts are. And so let's look at this passage together, the passages. If you do not have your Sunday school curriculum, it can be found in Exodus 15, verses 22 through 27, and then continuing into Exodus 16, uh, verses 1 through 36. All right, so let's read together these passages. Exodus 15, 22. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log. And he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. And there the Lord made for them a statute and a rule. And there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. And they set out from Elim, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which was between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be 
twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall go out. That is what the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them at twilight, you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall take each an omer according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over until the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is the day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all that is left, left, lay, left over lay aside and keep until the morning. So they laid it aside until the morning, and as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. And on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. 
So the people rested on the seventh day. Now the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like a coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations, so that they may see the bread which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omer of manna in it, and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the, before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate manna forty years till they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan, and Omer is a tenth part of an ephah. All right. So we have, once again, before us a rather lengthy uh, portion of Scripture. We have a lot of things going on. Let's see what we can um, bring forward from these things. So, the Lord has delivered Israel from the Egyptians. They have crossed the Red Sea. They have gone, uh, they went three days into the wilderness and they found no water. So, at this point, you know, they were just uh, literally uh, almost at the point of being crushed and destroyed by water and now they find that they don't have any. They find that if something is not done quickly they are going to perish once again. But by water not by water but by the lack of it. And so they are walking, and what happens? They begin to grumble. Now, folks, this is very, uh, I think, difficult and very telling about the nature of the human heart. We have short memories. And lest we are hard on Israel and say, this would have not been us. I want us to remember how easy it is for the Lord to do something amazing and wonderful and great. And for us, even in the matter of three days, are back in our old ways, back in our places of comfort. And for Israel, their place of comfort was to think of themselves, to be selfish, to find provision in what they could see, in what they had known, in what they were sure of, in what they had tasted, in what they had eaten. After all, they had been slaves for 400 years. But they say they would have had they would have rather died at the hands of the Egyptians than to thirst in this wilderness or to go hungry as we will find out later in this wilderness. So their three days journeys in three three day journey in 
And what happens? The Lord uh, brings them to the supply of water. And they're joyous. And some of them probably begin to say, yes, this is our provision. There is water here. The Lord is not going to let us die in the wilderness. There was joy. And there was a taking out of jars and a setting down of their burdens that they were carrying. A tying up of their livestock. Making their way down to the water. And the first one, I would say, maybe even goes down to his knees and cups his hands in thirst and brings that water to the mouth. But what happens? As soon as the water enters his or her mouth, they immediately spit it out. And they begin to tell one another, the water's no good. It's bitter. It's bad. This will make us sick. We cannot drink this water. This is not the provision we thought it was. And then, instead of going silent, the grumbling begins all the more. And the people grumbled against Moses, what shall we drink in verse 24? In verse 25, and he cried to the Lord. Moses at this point, going to the Lord and crying out unto him, you have brought us to what looked like a place of provision. And it has been a place of bitterness. Mara literally means bitter. And so they called it that. And what happens? The Lord speaks to Moses. And he shows them something very ordinary. He shows them a log. Now we know that by no natural means a log has the ability to clean water that is undrinkable. But the Lord tells him, Moses, throw it in the water. And what happens? The Lord provides water for Israel. The water is made sweet. He doesn't provide for them new water. He makes what is bitter sweet. I think that is a very important point for us to all grasp. If we are to step back and we are to think about salvation, if we are to think about humankind, men and women that God created, when they sinned in the garden and they made life bitter, for they brought forth death, when they reached out and they took of the fruit and they ate it. They brought forth death for themselves. 
death in the form of thorns and briars and labor pains and the curse of the fall. I think it is important to remember that the Lord our God, the Lord our God is merciful, slow to anger, compassionate. The Lord our God moves to restore and redeem that which has been made bitter. His perfect creation in which He would say it is good, even very good, had been filled with bitterness. The inability to have the relationship that was once meant to be had forever, unbreaking, had been spoiled by sin, made bitter in disobedience. What did the Lord do? He didn't wipe us from the earth. No, in His loving kindness, in His compassion, He spares Noah and his family. He does not let them drown in the bitter waters, the waters that men had made bitter because of their sin, the waters upon the earth, the creation that was once holy. No. He takes a people, a people who are going to be marked by disobedience and by rebellion who are prone to wonder, whose hearts are not toward the Lord. But their hearts will be drawn to idols. These same people who see these same things that the Lord has doing, when He brings them, even when He brings them into the promised land, they will continue to ignore those blessings, to ignore the statutes and the laws that the Lord has given them. They will continue to grumble and they will continue to seek other gods. They will continue to spiritually go back to Egypt into the slavery in which they were and had been purchased from. And that is a narrative that continues to this day. We outside of Christ continue to grumble and complain and live in the bitterness of sin. We continue to seek everything that is not the Lord our God as, a, as something to make us whole or complete. But the Lord has not, even at our worst, balled up the paper and thrown it away. 
No. We are His. His people are His people. And so instead of making us to lie and die in our own rebellion, in our sin, in our bitterness, because of His Son, He has taken on the log. Those logs bound together into the shape of a cross. And He has borne the nails that went through His hands and His feet. And He has bled. And that blood has washed over us. And that blood has washed over us and removed our bitterness and death and has made us a sweet-smelling savor in the nostrils of our God. We may offer our bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing unto the Lord our God because we have been made whole, we have been made sweet because we are now restored to the fellowship with the Father through the Son. And we have life in the Son and that everlasting. The Lord will provide for His people and we see that continuing in this Exodus narrative. The people of Israel are going to come to the hills and into the valleys. But they must realize that it will be the Lord that will be their shade. It is the Lord who has redeemed them and brought them out. And now the Lord has not left them to their own, but the Lord that will be their shade by day their light by night, their meat in the evening, and their bread in the morning. Let us remember the kindness, the compassion of our covenant-keeping God who loves His people. Let us remember the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has made the bitterness of our death, the bitterness of our slavery to sin. He has redeemed us and He has brought sweetness and life into our very souls. And now we can call God our Father. So, a little bit of uh, some reminders and some looking into some of God's Word this week. I pray that this will be of great benefit to you. Praying for you. I am. Pray for one another, love one another, give to one another, serve to one another, 
Do not forget one another. Even in times when uh, we are acting in ways and having to live in ways that are not ways that we've lived for many years. We still are able to live and to give in light of these things to one another. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.